Okay, here we <laughs> Hey! Uh, it's already been a morning. <laughs> we keep saying we're going to do better, but, like, we don't. It's fine. We, we keep adding in new things, and then it doesn't get better. We're wow. back. I'm Kat. Wow, bravo, dude. <laughs> yeah, we have, we have um, Richard with us, who is now our new permanent fixture. And we also have my oldest brat who is here to join us today because of his absolute hatred of Frozen. And so he decided to join us. <laughs> this came to drag Frozen. Yes. Yep. But here uh, we need to change our intro because it's no longer just Keller and Cat, And it's it's now Richard and guest star. Fame. Brat number one. Fame. Fame. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to have a Ima and Ima and Ima and then joining us Ima. today because it looks we like guests will be in thing. number one. Like thing, thing one and thing two. No, thing one, thing two. <laughs> I'm a heathen. He's heathen one. Heathen. Did you just say you were a human? Uh, I, met you. I don't believe that. Heathen. Oh, heathen maybe. Are we human? Oh, heathen. Oh, heathen. Heathen seems yeah. appropriate. Anyways, so I'm Keller. With me is Cat, Richard, and Heathen. Not my name. <laughs> and we're doing Frozen. This was Frozen, let it go, let it go. This was Richard's baby, so I will turn the microphone over to him. Well, thank you. I suppose <laughs> Frozen. <laughs> most people don't know because it's not apparent that it was based on a fairy tale by Hans Christian Andersen called the Snow Queen. And my biggest gripe about Frozen is how very little it resembles the Snow Queen. Um, I kind of set it up with the original story to, to kind of go through it and just hit the points. Um, if you're good with that, um, you know, Hans Christian Andersen complete fairy tales and stories is available from Anchor Books. Um, you can go through and see all the different different stories he actually has. The Snow Queen itself is actually told in seven parts, but each part is very mini. And if if you want to say mini, think of it as like a Bible presentation where the Bible is set up in mini chapters. Um, mini. <laughs> it is. Um, you're like mini, and I'm like, no, the word is short. <laughs> <laughs> Like mini is fun. Mini is fun. Yes. Verse, like maybe so verses is the is the correct word since you said it. Think think Bible. Verses. Bible, Bible verses. Mini sounds like a word. It, it, it is like seven word. verses in one in one in one volume. Mini sounds like a word where the meaning is something it shouldn't be. Yeah. I mean, so. it may be just a brief overview because, I mean, the the story is important. That's where it came from. But we have so much information to cover. Yeah. Um. You know, you have the part, the part one story is basically how the devil creates this mirror. They're taking it up to heaven. The mirror. Hold shatters. on. Wait, I'm sorry. I have to pause you. That is a space goblin. <laughs> um, I mean, okay. So if you saw the, if you saw the Shelley Duvall fairy tale theater, which is one of my favorite versions, she did not go into the devil element, probably because they were trying to keep it kid, kid friendly. Oh, that's smart. Don't bring religion into kids' movies. 
And unfortunately, with the Snow Queen, the Snow Queen is very heavily religious, which is also kind of odd considering I like the story. I just tend to ignore the religion aspect because I'm not religious. (laughs) But yeah, it almost makes it more fun. It does. But they describe the devil as a troll. And then he, unlike all the other trolls, he was the most evil one. And I think it was it was a good way for Shelley Duvall to to take the troll aspect and not the devil aspect. But um, yeah, I think it was much more fun. Like I got that it was geared more toward younger children. Um, yeah, still, it was a lot of fun to watch, though. I mean, so it was definitely a space goblin, though. (laughs) (laughs) They created this mirror so that they could fly up to heaven to poke fun of the angels and God Himself. And the higher and higher they flew, the cl- the closer they came to heaven. Um, the heart of the mirror laughed so that the trolls could hardly hold on to it. So they flew higher, and then it breaks into a millions and millions of pieces. Um, of course, very much like the Shelley Duvall's. It, it was interesting because the fairy tale theater one, it makes him deliberately seek out Kai and Gerda in this case. It just happens that the glass falls into Kai's eye, which goes into your part two, the story about a little boy and a little girl and how they're neighbors and they have, you know, the houses are, they, they say are across from each other versus side by side in the Shelley Duvall one, but they still have that little garden area. So all I can think of is it was over the street. The story's not so clear in that. And then you go into to part three about the flower garden and the grandmother that knew the stories and the snow queen's sister the of, of summer. And then you have the part four where at this point, uh, I should have finished part three is where Kai gets spirited away by the snow queen. Part four is where Gerda sets out to find them. Um, ends up with a band of robbers and so on and so forth. And, until they finally get to the Snow Queen's castle and they get Kai to get the glass out of his eye. Um, which really just jumps ahead and kind of just blows the whole story out before you even see it. But even from that brief synopsis, you can tell that the Frozen is nowhere near like the Snow Queen. Um, there were a couple things that I could... I'm so sorry. No, um, no go, go ahead. That I could kind of see in relation to Frozen. Like, I could see where things were pulled. Um, The girl and the reindeer were a pretty hilarious. Like, Sven and uh, Kristoff were a pretty hilarious rendition of that, I thought. Yeah. And I thought of them immediately. When we watched it yesterday, I I said at one point that I can kind of see the Kai and Greta relationship between Anna and Kristoff throughout the movie. And I might like Frozen so, a little bit better if they had made it so that it was a maybe like a precursor to the Snow Queen. So you had, I don't know. I don't know, because if she was the Snow Queen's sister, she'd have to have been the Lady of Summer. Right. It's, it's super difficult. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I almost saw it as it being, weirdly enough, and I know the Snow Queen is there and it's easy. At first I was like, is the Snow Queen Elsa? That would make the most sense is this summer. And, but I think Elsa and Anna are actually Greta and Kai. Oh, oh yeah, that would make sense too. 
you can tell that they definitely played around with the dynamic to get what they wanted. Yeah. The other thing I noticed about Frozen yesterday when we were watching it is that it was set up like a musical. So if you were to go and see a Broadway show, it's it's got the the sets and the, it it goes in that direction, and mm-hmm. they do play heavily on the songs, which is yeah, they turned do. out to be what, that shit's what made for Disney on Ice. Oh, very much so. I'm so funny. Okay, moving on. Sorry. <laughs> I appreciated it. <laughs> Terrible jokes are what we do. So now, of course, going back to the Shelley Duvall Fairy Tale Theater, um, I did take more notes out of this one than I think anything. Um, but even there are some stark differences from the Shelley Duvall version. And the actual story, mainly the religious aspects are dropped. Um, but you, they, her story starts off with an evil goblin that flies across the universe. And he deliberately space focuses. Goblin. Say it again. I said space goblin. I'm sorry. I couldn't get space over it. Goblin. It had me laughing Fair. so hard. I got to admit, I kind of did too. <laughs> Um, in, in her story, he deliberately focuses the attention on Kai and Gerda just to create mischief, if you will. He's just up there, like, being a dick about shit. He yeah, really his is. goal in life was to ruin their day. They still have Grandma explain the, the, the Snow Queen to them. So that was kind of good. Um, falls into, the, the glass still falls into Kai's eye and... It immediately transforms him into a, a dick, like instantaneously. Yeah, it does. And I, the acting there is actually really good for yes. for what it was. Because I actually scared me a little bit, like with the the deep and the angry voice, and that I was like, "Oh, damn, I don't like you." <laughs> no, I, I, I didn't. I, I made that a comment mean. watching it about how, like, the acting right then and there when he gets the glass in his eyes. 180's personality was was really good. I it, it was definitely it, it was a good piece of acting, even if it was a lower quality film. <laughs> yeah, it was a great spectrum change, like for sure. It was I appreciated it. I thought they did pretty well. For it made me want to go see a play. Like it genuinely oh, it does. did. Yes, yeah, it does. Yeah. Um. So. I like the fact that that they had made the Snow Queen. She wasn't for nor against. She was just trying to stop the 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 space goblins glass and save a human. Um, her empathy toward a human kind of was was touching, even though she was this very very cold thing. Um. So she spirits him away to her castle in hopes to get the glass out of his eye. Which I thought was very nice of her. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I really liked it. I really liked how they, I mean, I know that, so when you watch it, those of you who do choose to go out there and watch it, and you should, um, it did a lot with very limited sets. Yes. Yes. And it was really fun to watch. And, and this and there is was one no, of the parts that I was rather impressed with. There was no terribly CGI magic tear either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> was that <laughs> in the other one? Not. Yes. Uh, in the, oh in, no! <laughs> in the console there was yes. And there, there was talking reindeer. 
actual talking reindeer, not Kristoff talkings for Sven talking reindeer. Absolutely. That's true. It's weird that the that we got the play with the actual talking reindeer and in the cartoon they're like, nah, reindeers don't talk. But snowmen do. Oh, snowmen that's a, do. <laughs> that's entirely it. And please note that none of the other versions have a snowman. No, but they all have a talking <laughs> reindeer. No one Olaf. Likes Olaf. No, it's true. Well, <laughs> Olaf was there to give Josh Gad a paycheck. Uh. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, amazing. Anyway, I suppose moving on. Um, so, <laughs> she Kai falls off the roof of of the house. The Snow Queen appears because he can now see her because of the magic glass that's in his eye and she transports him to her castle um doing this by what appears to be flying sleigh so like a santa claus driven by clouds though apparently because she declares that the clouds take her home right right yeah um in 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 the story it doesn't mention sleigh so (laughs) oh it is what it is um, I thought it was funny they did the sleigh because they didn't need to. Like, she already did the magical, I'm going to, like you said, spirit him away to her castle. I don't know why they felt they needed to give her a form of transportation. Uh, yeah. Being that she's random. magic. It was really strange to me. Weird choice, but all right. At least they didn't put that in the Disney movie. Elsa walked. That's true. Dude, thank God. Elsa in a flying sleigh, I would have been real upset. <laughs> One thing that I noticed when they get to the Snow Queen's castle in this version, she has servants. She has people living yeah. there. Oh, They don't she appear does. to be made of snow. They appear to be human, just very frozen. And Elsa has... I wonder if they're humans who didn't learn their lessons, or could she couldn't get free maybe of the get, Yeah, maybe she couldn't get the glass out of their eyes. Um, who knows? I mean, all of that is possible. Speculation. Um, <laughs> um, she gives Kai a special drink to keep him warm. I'm assuming that that's what keeps him alive. It was just vodka. Let's be real. And he feels it's just booze. For some reason, when the glass goes into his eye and it freezes his heart, he he has to have everything perfect. And he views the Snow Queen as perfect. And you get the sense that he wants to be the snow queen he wants her role that he's now yeah he doesn't appreciate her. her he declares that he would like to become her yeah yeah um and uh and she just kind of humors him uh, super odd um, she, well i thought she was clever though because she was like well you can't be me but you can learn from me and maybe you'll learn some shit i don't know hang out we'll see <laughs> it's a really interesting angle that she pulls where she's like yeah. a little bit pessimistic, but still she seems to come from a really good, good place, which is crazy because her sister is kind of a little bit manipulative. Oh, yeah. very much so. <laughs> Not like she's bad. She just doesn't seem to understand. She's, she's sheltered. She's very twitty. Yeah, that's the word we're <laughs> So Gerda is scared about Kai vanishing in a blizzard, and she finally goes off in search of him. And randomly in the in the forest, she runs into a pine tree that talks. 
that <laughs> apparently uh, has some dirty secrets. Yeah. Right? There's always um, going to be some sort of sex joke in everything. Hmm. And that tree was the, the sex joke. I mean, but that's a really tree was the sex joke. For sure. <laughs> and then what about the one in Frozen? <laughs> the foot size joke. We'll get there when we get there. Patient slow. I promise this serves a purpose. Um, she um, the pine tree tells her that Kai is alive and that he feels it in his roots, and he directs her toward the Lady of Summer because she's the Snow Queen's sister. He does um, help helpful. It was super super hopeful. Yep, I thought she it was cool to- that trees could talk to the dead. That was fucking. Yeah, yeah. that was a cool way to look at that. That was a very cool way to look at that. I agree. Um, so she goes to to meet the Lady of Summer, and the Lady of Summer is interesting. She's conniving. She is very selfish. She comes off as being very sweet, but in, they were in reality, very friendly. Yeah. yeah, I I felt like like you'd expect the Snow Queen to be like that. So I, I felt like those two roles were reverse because you'd expect the 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 lady of summer to be like oh i can help you here's all this awesome stuff and it wasn't she was so the she, one that was super like selfish yeah. like she yeah. didn't understand that like having a flower and kidnapping are not on the same level i yeah. mean they're actually they super to- different they try to pass it off as because you know she's she's more of a a season. She doesn't have those human emotions. But the Lady of Summer apparently always wanted a daughter for everybody who hasn't read, and because of the attachment that the rose signifies between Kai and Gerda, she makes all the roses vanish from her garden, and she brushes. Um, she convinces Gerda to let her brush her hair, and she wipes all of her memories out when she oh. does it. I wonder if the Lady of Summer always wanting a daughter has like Demeter, Persephone background vibes because that's kind of what I get from it. Oh, that's a cool thought. That didn't. It is kind of a cool thought. Although the original author is apparently in this story is very, very, very traditional religion from the sounds of it. (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't mean (laughs) it doesn't mean it's not. Well, and I'm sure if you read the Bible, and at some point we'll have to have my mom on here because she's just a person who has weird amounts of Bible information. She could probably tell you which story the Bible stole from that religion, folklore, whatever you want to call it, either way, depending on how you feel about it. Um, she could probably tell us which one they pulled from, but they, you know, they're pretty known for like borrowing a lot of those stories. Borrow, oh, quote unquote. <laughs> Borrow bunnies everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so yeah, she, she's brushing, her, she's brushing her memories out of her hair and, and Gerda becomes like this little kid until she accidentally finds a rose on the Lady of Summer's hat. And when she sees it, all the memories come flying back. And now she knows blatantly what's happened. And the Lady of Summer kind of loses her power over her. And although she apologizes and says she didn't know any better, and 
the narration says that there was no real harm and in intent, you still have to just take a look and be like, oh, that was super creepy. How well, great. and that's, I think that's kind of the lesson there is that like, there, even if the person who is causing harm doesn't intend it, that doesn't mean it's not harmful. And those are kind of, you have to pay more attention to those people than you do to say people with personalities like the Snow Queen, where you kind of, you get what you get. It's very on the sleep. It might not be warm and fuzzy, but True. it's very straightforward. <laughs> and yeah. usually done from a good place. Right. And of course, you know, the Lady of Summer is played by Lauren Hutton, who was in Once Bitten. And that set us on to an entire that second did. discussion that day. <laughs> Which, if you want to see early Jim Carrey, it is it, kind of a good movie. It's weird, but it's a good movie. It was good. It was good. I liked it. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, and she makes a great vampire. She does. She's really good in that movie. She's a vampire? Now I have to go see it. Damn it. Yeah. Yes. Movie yeah. list is getting so long. <laughs> so um the next scene, I pause my notes to take it to take this into one of the effects that they did that um we both really liked, and that was the Snow Queen spinning the globe with a can of spray paint that is supposed <laughs> to be snow and just freezing random areas on it. Yep, that was <laughs> And it was such a great touch, and it pulled us out of the story for a minute. And we just had this little... It's just worth noting, because it was, it was such a fun moment. It was, yeah. And it does pull you completely out of the story, but it pulls you out of the story in, like, a cool way? Because you're like, wait, wait, wait. Is that literally a can of spay paint? Like, holy crap. It definitely, like, I got a very, like, oh, God bless a moment. Yeah. <laughs> like, look at them make that shit work. Like, oh, they ran out of money, but how can they do this? <laughs> yeah. Now, in the meantime, the Snow Queen is trying to convince Kai that he doesn't want to be her. So she gives him tasks. She gives him this task that he has to finish so that he can leave her castle. And she doesn't really explain more than that to him because, you know, it's supposed to be a puzzle and he's supposed to see things perfectly. Hmm. Um. So that that all happens during the entire time that Gerda is stuck with the Lady of Summer. So it seems that when Gerda gets away from the Lady of Summer, she almost immediately meets a trapper girl who tries to mug her in the forest. And to take her She's shawl. a violent little thing. She tries to take her shawl at knife point and her locket. Awesome. Now her Which locket. apparently she was willing to freeze to death, but not willing to let go of the locket. Which I was like, oh, not good survival instincts, girl. Yeah. She will never let like. go. <laughs> <laughs> so she refuses to give her locket and then breaks down in tears. And this trapper girl suddenly takes pity on her because she's crying. Which is so random. Wait, oh yeah, she, she talks like a Brooklyn newsy boy she too. Really does. <laughs> she doesn't talk like a girl in the woods. She talks like she fell out of the newsies play. Yes, to this that set. Makes me want to see newsies. She took, she took lessons from <gasps> Christian Bale. <laughs> wow, it's a little bit of newsies and a little bit of American Psycho all at once. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, 
I love her for it. She's great. Yeah, no, we're not, we're not, I mean, we're, we're picking on her, but we're picking on her in a good way. Cause it was awesome. She, um, she brings Gerda back to her camp and she has a pet, a pet reindeer, a captive reindeer. We're not really sure how that captive works. reindeer. It's unclear. It is. It really is actually very is. unclear. Yeah. Um, and she's mean to him. Cause she's just like, ah, oh, shut up and eat your hay. <laughs> and the reindeer talks and he, oh the reindeer God. tells her where the Snow Queen is, is at the North Pole, and he knows the way, like the back of his antlers, and offers to take her. Which was awesome. Which was awesome. And Wolf Girl was like, that's my reindeer. The fuck, man? <laughs> like, yeah. She was so mad about it. And then the reindeer asks her if she really has any objection, and there is none. <laughs> no. No, she has no good reason to not let them go. Nope go without her which i was surprised about she seemed more possessive than that yeah oh and so now do you have this this blip where it goes back to kai solving the puzzle and he's literally turning blue um so he is yeah. slowly freezing to death even with whatever potion she has does not keep him apparently solid forever well i guess it just keeps him from feeling the cold but is right, actively freezing to death as time goes on. Yeah. Yep. So the apparently dark. reindeers can fly, and the reindeer takes Gerda right directly to the Snow Queen's <laughs> palace. Then Santa's she, reindeer. <laughs> here's where the some of the Snow Queen Snow Queen's guards come into play, because she has to solve a guess word, a, a password, almost immediately. And these two guys that they all I could think of was Statler and Waldorf from the Muppets. Like, <laughs> no, they, they reminded me of um, the dwarves from the Labyrinth. Yeah, I got super labyrinthy vibes too. Yeah, very much so. Yep. So af after she leaves them and to their own puzzling, she sneaks into the throne room. And when the Snow Queen vanishes, she goes over to try to rescue Kai. Only Kai isn't happy to see her at all. No, he's not. No. He's not. He, he's very, very standoffish, pushes her away. And, of course, she thought this whole time that the Snow Queen had kidnapped him. Where that really comes to light that that's not necessarily the case. So Gerda once again breaks down in tears because, you know, apparently she has to do that. And She's a crier. She really is. Not and anything against criers, but she cried a lot. And the warm tears on him unthaws him enough to loosen the glass because he starts him to also absorb water. And the glass falls from his eye. But now, for some reason, at this point, <laughs> Kai seems to have forgotten some of the, of the instances that have happened while he's frozen, and he suddenly has. The thought process that the Snow Queen has kidnapped him and holding him hostage. He does which I get real confused. Yeah. yeah, he does. And he tells, like, he's, he's all set to run, and then the Snow Queen reappears from freezing the volcano that she was doing. Yeah. And he was like, well, <laughs> he's, she, Snow Queen says, well, you finished the puzzle because it had melted him, and that he's free to go. And then he asks for her to release Gerda as well. And then you can see the 
Lee Remick plays the Snow Queen. You can see it just hit her, or, you know, hit her eyes as like, what? And then she grasps that he's what he thinks, and she doesn't really deny it or anything. She basically just really wants to get him out the hell out of her castle. Yeah. Yeah, she's like, I did my nice deed. Please go away. Of course she can go with you. I don't know why you thought she couldn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the puzzle that this whole time that he had to solve to get his feelings back was this little statement that was cold be hot and friends be kind when love unites heart and mind. It was kind of cheesy. cheesy well. little love poem. It was, it was a little, yeah, it was, I had to rewind it and listen again. Cause I was like the fucking what? <laughs> and it just, it like didn't process the right way. The first time I heard it. So, Kyle and Gerda arrive home back at summertime and the roses are out and the grandmothers, uh, Gerda's grandmother is so happy to see them, et cetera, et cetera. And that leaves that little scenario happy. And then you see the Snow Queen decides that she's going to publish the goblin for what he has done. <laughs> so she takes it a step further, not just rescuing the human, but going through and she blows the goblin to the end of space. And of course, then it gives you the whole the whole threat. Well, you never know. Be careful in snow because you never know when the goblin will return. Yeah, I but I like that they clarified that because when I saw her blow him away, I was like, oh, okay. So is like the bad thing just gone now? And they were like, no, no, he's out there. And I was like, oh, okay, that makes more sense because people yeah. can just suddenly decide to be dicks sometimes, and it takes very little at times. Absolutely. So good. I'm glad that that's still out there. <laughs> it was a pretty real lesson, actually. It was pretty legitimate. Yeah. So, and and it follows it follows the seven-part story fairly well with only a few minor adjustments, which is which is also nice. And I think they did it one for time length, because a seven-part story done in what looks small in a book is not necessarily small, small on, on screen. The film. Yeah. So like I think that they did did the best they could for the time they had. Uh, I really liked it. I did too. Well, I I grew up with You're them. You're biased. So, yeah. I liked it. I was, you know, those. I could, the only thing I could think of was, and it's like, sounds ridiculous and old, but I kept watching it and being like, this is just charming as all fuck. <laughs> very. It's just, it's very charming mm -hmm. and done really well for the resources they had. And it was, in the and beginning, the I'll admit I was a dick about it and I was like I'm gonna get bored but it was fun to watch and it was cute and the story was well written I appreciate yeah, it yeah in truth I think my favorite episode is Aladdin but it's also directed by Tim Burton and I have a yeah you know, I I'm I'm I have a huge huge Tim Burton fan so I don't we'll know get that, there. yeah we'll get there. everything he touches turns cinema sexy so it's it's fine yeah. I understand we'll get there oh it's so um, pretty so then we um, set out to watch another version of the Snow Queen because I have tons of versions of fairy tales everywhere. Um, and we watched a Hallmark three-hour film with Bridget Fonda. Which was actually really, really good. I enjoyed it's, it's, it. It's a very, very good movie. I There are elements of the Snow Queen there. There are elements of Frozen there. The it's I'm kind of like a mix between the two, and I almost wonder if the Disney animators didn't go more from that version. Off the polar bear. Yeah, I know that. No, I'm yes. saying anything like I haven't seen. No, you didn't see the Snow Queen with us, no. No. 
Um, so, you know, in this, in this case, they, they set it at a hotel and Gerda's parents owned a hotel and Gerda's mother dies by what appears to be the hand of the snow queen. Yeah. They never really made that clear. They didn't. Um, so they give her this backstory and how she stopped liking winter after her mother died. And then of course, Kai comes to work there a few years later and he, he gets her to to basically like winter again before everything happens. Um, there's no goblin in this in this version. Um, the Snow Space Queen, goblin. the Snow Queen in this version, kind of. I, I want to say she kind of comes on to him a little bit. Oh yeah, she, taunt, she, does. she taunts to kiss him because if he if he kisses her three times, he he ceases to. I, I, I want to say he almost ceases to live. It was like he's freezing his heart. Yeah, and but she would. It seemed too to me that she'd be able to retrieve the piece of glass as well from his eye. Yeah, yeah. Because the there was a broken mirror that you don't discover until toward the end. That she asked her challenge to Kai is to put this mirror back together, and it's in probably a million shattered pieces. Yeah, and he gets it all done, and she's missing one piece. And that piece is in his eyes, so she needs it from him. And in this story, she needs it because the mirror gives her power over the other elements. And instead uh, of having spring, summer, winter, and fall be on equal equal levels, and they are all sisters of the Snow Queen. They're four sisters. And almost the, uh, like four sisters better. <laughs> yeah, actually, you, you need to watch it. You really do. It's a good movie. It's it's very very good, and there is a giant polar bear in the center of the hotel, and where she takes Kai is a frozen iced covered version of that hotel, and the polar bear comes to life and he's the guard, and um like I said it, it, there is a, there is a lot of fun in that one it is a little bit lengthy and it doesn't really follow the story, but it takes a lot of elements from the story. It it does it in a good way though. Like I I really enjoyed it. Oh yes, I I I agree. Um, it's one of those movies. It was strange because Hallmark at one point, the Hallmark Channel when it was young, was making um they did a lot of fairy tales. They did this whole series of them, and they were all mini series basically. They had Alice in Wonderland and the the Snow Queen, and um, there was a. Yeah, that's that's what it was called. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, well, I was a little bit younger when Hallmark was doing those, but I do remember there like those were a big deal for a while where there was like the three, Tenth Kingdom, part... the Arabian Nights. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Um so and I why they did away with those, I'm not one hundred percent sure because now they only do Christmas. But um either way, when this movie got released to DVD, I remember buying it on the day of release, which is also something I don't normally do. Um, something like almost no one does anymore. So hey, physical copy for you. Now maybe okay. you'll understand this note because before we before we move on to Frozen, one of the notes I took about the Hallmark was that there's a racist chair. And for some reason it's not pulling up in my mind. Do you racist? have any chair a racist chair i was the chair racist could it talk they not that? let certain people sit in it there was a chair that moved i <gasps> could it I run away from people that's oh, what chair appropriate and so funny 
like I, I it makes me inappropriate. Super wish funny. I'd taken a better note on that because I remember we were laughing about it and that we called it a racist chair. And I made a note of it on my notes, and I'm like, God, I wish I could remember this right now. I don't remember. That I'm makes type. me really upset because I don't remember. Oh, Hallmark. Let's see if I have anything on Google, if Google will help me just to to clarify what that chair is. The racist chair? I don't. I don't have any idea. I know. I want it. I want to know about it now. I want to know I was there. You were there. I was hoping you'd remember because I just, I wrote this note that says talk about the racist chair. And I'm like, what is this racist chair and why can't I remember it? What what part of the the notes are is it in? Is it towards the end, towards the beginning? Um, it was after Gerda tries to kill herself. So I'm going to say midway. Gerda tries to kill herself because Kai's vanished and she blames herself for his, for him vanishing and, and not oh, protecting him. Did it have to do with the, the summer? Um, oh, maybe. It must have. There must have been something to do with Lady of Summer. She had her swing. That's the only thing that I could think it would be. I don't remember a racist chair. No. I, I, I will have to go back and rewatch we'll it because I need to know what, I, I need to know what that racist. note is. We'll end up mentioning it in the next episode. We'll end up, uh, yeah, we'll come back to By the way, going back to the racist chair. Uh, yeah. Remember, <laughs> about that racist chair. Remember earlier we were talking about a chair that doesn't like. Oh, God. Certain people? Oh, okay. Yeah, I was trying to figure out a way to word it. That's the only politically correct way. Well, there was if you pick a race. Well, you're... she does end up in into the they're like the, it was the Japanese people, the Japanese section of that film. The Japanese. Oh, there was there was something. I, I'm I'm getting a, a a shot of something to do with the swords and the chair. I watch a different movie. Oh, no, we no, watched it on no, top. They showed all. Four, they all showed four sisters, so each one was a different. And there was this little I, kid who sure because his name was Chen, and he was and, super portrayed as racist because he always referred to himself in third person. And he brings all uh, of them to the castle. No. Yeah, and he was trying to do magic tricks, and the princess only allowed him in the castle if they was with them. You sure it wasn't racist chair. Chen and not chair? If it was chair, it would still be hilarious. It says chair. Well, it would still be hilarious if it was chair. Unless my oh. writing really is that bad, or I wrote chair and we were thinking Chen, it could very well be. Mine's that bad, so I wouldn't be surprised. But either way, it it's a movie worth watching. Don't expect the Snow Queen, but you're going to get more of the Snow Queen than you will from Frozen. Which yeah. is a great way to bring us into Frozen. <laughs> yep. Let it go. And, and what Disney has done to the Snow Queen. <laughs> oh, no. I don't, I like, I had to watch the 
theater one twice to actively search for things that that mirrored Frozen. And I guess I can see some of it, but mostly I was like, I don't, this, how? How did we? How did we get here? Yeah, how did we get here? What has happened? Um, uh, like, but arguably we open with one of the best Disney songs I've heard in a minute. Yes, I absolutely love the opening song of Frozen. I don't care what anybody says. Or he's like, mining the ice. Yep. Yes. Yeah, that, that, Frozen yeah. Heart. That's a part I do like and, about Frozen. It's the opening song. You're probably going to have to sit forward way back there. The mic's not going to pick you up. Uh, at least I heard it. <laughs> yeah, I heard it too. And yeah. yeah, it is like it's hard, even if you don't like it, it's hard not to like that song because it's well written. Yeah. Very catchy again, and intense. Like I said, the movie feels like it was made like a Broadway musical. So you they try to catch you with a song, and the, you know they keep it going. And they've been that's a really going that way for a while. Yes. No. The opening song is a foreshadow. That is a foreshadow for the whole movie. Yeah. It is, and actually, I really liked the lyrics and how they do. I'm a lyric person when I listen to music, and if lyrics are very don't make sense or have anything to do with anything, I get real bored real quick but this one is it's short and there's not a lot of lyrics but it's very well written it's executed really well yeah oh, that new lion king must have drove you crazy oh, oh they uh, yep i agree <laughs> <laughs> i walked out in the middle of that movie just so you know. i did that with beauty and the beast I was okay with that one because I'd seen so many versions of it. It was one of my mom's favorite fairy tales. And um, I, 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 I had even seen the changes that they'd done with the Broadway production. So it didn't really, you know, upset me. And I was kind of, I thought it was kind of cool that some of the songs that were dropped from the Broadway production, they brought back from the movie. I, I dislike some of the changes that they made to the story to make it more 21st century friendly. Um, I don't like the politically correct stance that they started to take with it. And it was super noticeable and that stupid traveling book, but that's an, another entire discussion, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to insulting Disney remakes. Some that'll be a season all its own. Oh yes. yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> we'll get there. Give us time. Oh, there's so much. Um, I mean, yeah, we moved this... to this. Uh, sorry. Don't no, continue. Well, I was going to start to, I was just going to, I was going to mention tiny, tiny Kristoff and little Sven. Babies. They're, fucking they're cute. adorable. And that they're raised by trolls. I know they're raised by trolls. It's great. Dude, I would argue he was kind of sort of kidnapped by trolls. He kind of was. Yeah. Be like, oh, and it's we'll keep really them. addressed. So does that mean that he's got like issues? I mean, he has issues. Kristoff, he, he has issues. He, he talks to a reindeer. <laughs> he has issues. He talks for a reindeer. Exactly. He talks yeah. for a reindeer. <laughs> I mean, you know, he's a bit of a fixer upper. Ah. Uh, Okay, I'm done. All right, um, moving on. <laughs> so, so early off, they have the incident incident where Anna and Elsa, you know, um, playing, and she almost kills 
Elsa almost kills Anna with her power, and her parents freak out and tell her that everything to do with her power is wrong, and that basically she needs to keep it hidden. That's when they go to the That's troll. That's what I got, too. They were immediately like, your shit's out of hand. What's wrong with you? Yeah. So this is your fault. They were exactly. not nice uh, like, and I feel like she took the weight of the world on her shoulder because even after the parents die, she stays away from her because she doesn't want to kill her. She feels. I think she accepts that she's inherently bad. Yeah. Clearly yeah. bad. I, absolutely. I, I get that. <laughs> and the parents, yeah, the parents don't help any either. They could have totally told a different way, and they didn't. And having the trolls uh, block out the youngest daughter's memories is pretty terrible, too. Yeah, like, straight up lies. That's Sorry, he leaves the fun. He leaves the fun. Well, which I would argue just leaves Anna really... Con and I think it's accurate. Just leaves Anna really confused isolated. Yeah. No, it does. It totally makes everything horrible. Bar Fucking nightmare. Sorry, dogs go bark. I I'm never planning they that they might not be there, you know, to help along the way. Plus, if they were well, trying to help their daughter, why would they leave her there? Or why wouldn't one of them stay and go separately in case something did happen? Like, these people didn't ever think ahead. <laughs> no. Well, and I think it was when the trolls, when they go and run to the trolls... And the troll tries to explain to them what's going on with their daughter. I think they take it very much the wrong way. Mm -hmm. That they isolate her, like, basically? Yeah, like, they take it as, like, this can be really... Fear is your enemy. People might attack people. And, again, inherently, you are bad. And people will fear you. And they're like, oh, well, shit, we'll hide it. Lock out the doors. We'll throw out all the employees. And the Fine. thing is, is people will be like, well, for the time frame that it's set in... These people are are the king and queen. They have they have more rights than anybody. They can change laws. They can put laws into protect. Sure, they could do it for a selfish reason, but they they could they could have handled it so much better. Yeah, I mean, they definitely needed a PR person. <laughs> they had the worst public relations situation ever, and they apparently told no one in the town that they were just why they were doing it. They're just like castles locked. No more press conferences by right. Yeah, we're closing the gates for 15 years. I mean, they could have at least said that there was an evil curse or something. Hello, make up something. Don't just leave everybody. Say wondering. something. Damn. And then when it happens, Elsa was too afraid to do anything different. Yep. Which yeah, also has to tell you what kind of a frame mind she is because she didn't develop past that age because she had no new changes. She kept herself locked in a room. Well, yeah. and I would like, I would even argue that there's uh, a trauma mark that happens where she doesn't grow past this certain point of this situation happening. She doesn't develop emotionally anymore for quite a large chunk of the movie. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, very clear that the whole situation was handled. I don't want to say poorly. Yeah, poorly. I was gonna say I don't want to say inappropriately, but definitely poorly. Like they could have done things a lot differently. Well, I think it's funny. The goblins are like, "Fear is your enemy," and that's immediately how they respond, like across the board. Um, they're trolls, not goblins. 
They're rock. Oh my god, I'm I'm sorry, little trolly guys. My bad. Hmm. Just thinking That's of the right, Snow Space Queen. Goblin trolls. My sorry. Yeah, <laughs> the rocks. Okay. The rocks. I don't know. And then they didn't um, have Anna. It doesn't appear to ever have tutors or anything like that. So really, she should have the mind of probably an eight or nine year old. If if she was even that old, she she would never have developed. So of course her naivety definitely shows through because she just <laughs> believes everything the second she hears it. Yeah, absolutely. So we like yeah, we kind of move forward and get them growing up. Right, and where else is and taking over the the throne at her 18th birthday? But it's inauguration day. But the same strange Born thing is like. All our nation shit. All the other kingdoms in the world had tutors and trainers and stuff to do that. And it appears that she just went from a locked room to doing it after doing nothing for the kingdom and just vanishing it for three Disney years. Disney magic. That's another I thing. I was like, dude, was Anna just running the kingdom until this point? Yeah, we don't even know who was running the kingdom. Well, who I the did- fuck was making these decisions? I mean, until she got coronated, there should have been somebody. Right. It's, it goes back to just bad writing. Yeah, that's um, it's a huge hole in the story. Mm-hmm. That nobody seems to be willing to call them out on their crap because the songs are so wonderful. Anyway. Mm. The <laughs> song's real great. Um, it also allows Prince Hans to get away with everything he's trying to do and put his plans into motion. To eventually take over the kingdom, not realizing that Elsa was the way she was. It, I mean, you look at Anna and you completely get, yeah, she's somebody to be manipulated. Yeah, yeah like he uh, sees so that Elsa. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like, fuck no. So he's, this is very reminiscent. And I've had friends who do this where they get super sheltered or their life isn't working out somewhere or they feel isolated in some form and they just like the first person who shows up who gives them an opportunity and they're like yeah you're you're my soulmate sure finish each other's sandwiches yeah that's what i was gonna say why not Uh, (laughs) for her to get engaged literally after two hours is horrendous it It is yeah that's a play on romeo and juliet Um, yeah it is Something you know. Do you get hilarious? Oh, go ahead. Sorry. It's something like that that'll happen so quick that she'll believe it. Yeah. Like something will, she will see something and then it'll just like click and she will be instantly either in love or whatever. Your analytical stuff. It like feeds that immediate need. She's like, I'm for it. But it also makes sense with her lack of character development and growth. From child to adult. That's true. Well, and it's a very reasonable thing. And I think it's funny because she thinks she's going to use him to like gain her freedom, not use him. She's going to fall in love with him and gain her freedom. And it's going to heal her world. Um, Love is an open door and all that. But you get, I think there is a little bit of clever lyrical foreshadowing though. He does mention in the song, Hans mentions in the song, a line that I like made my ears perk up where he's like, I've been searching my whole life to find my own place. Yeah. Kind of played like find my own place in the world. After knowing what happened, you're kind of like, Oh, you're a dick. 
Yes. You're homeless and <laughs> you need a place to stay. Okay, I got you. Yeah, we understand now. But I do, so, I do. Sorry, go. No, go ahead. I was, I was going to skip forward because I was going to say I do like how Elsa in this section is like, you can't get married. You've known each other for two hours. Like That's where I was this going This is with the most too. logical monologue that's ever. I mean, she history. wasn't wrong, but um, but she had forged no relationship with her sister to have her statement have any any meaning or any cloud. Right. And which she is, does that thing. Oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say, which is why we get the following argument and exposure of her powers. Right. Yeah, exactly. She just keeps going to this place where, like, okay, I've said my thing, and now the conversation's over. Like, she didn't have a door to slam anymore, but she just like would keep ending conversations before they really got anywhere emotionally. And I get it because she's been taught her whole life. Don't have feelings, which is a ludicrous lesson. Oh uh, yes. That's insane. It is. But look at how it thought that that was going to work. It did though. Cause look at how it affects her powers. I but think the what parents thought that think- it was going to be, more of a, a situation that they could control and develop her by doing it. Yeah. Not that it was right. And once again, they had no forethought. What if they're not there? What if something happens? What if she gets mad? Right. It's like she does in front of everyone a lot. And it's Anna's fault. Oh, poor Anna takes like such a martyr stance and it makes me, it hurts my heart a little bit. She apologizes through the whole film. Yeah. This whole movie. I'm sorry. The reason Arendelle (laughs) does. No, it really is because when they were little, I mean, granted it was like, you know, childlike glee and she was having fun, but if she'd slowed down so Elsa could build the proper snow mound, she wouldn't have got hurt. If she had just listened to her sister saying, look, logically, you can't marry somebody you've met after two hours. I mean, like, oh, you're right, sis. Ha ha ha. She wouldn't have gotten mad, wouldn't have pushed Elsa, wouldn't have exposed her powers. She wouldn't have frozen the entire kingdom. Exactly. Like, come on. This is all Anna's fault. It's <laughs> clearly. <laughs> she wouldn't have brought Hans into the mess if she had just. That is entirely Anna's fault. Yeah. She was so attention driven. Yeah. Um, yeah, but see but, that that's what it is too. Yeah. She was just so starved for attention that she was gonna get it wherever she could. But if we didn't have Hans in the mix, there'd really be no relation to the Snow Queen and Hans Christian Anderson. That's true. Yeah. They had to do something. Yeah. Had to, I was just gonna say the connection had to be somewhere, so it was just Bad writing. It was sloppy writing. It was how to make money writing. It was we need to make this, a new princess writing. Yeah, like I feel like things were a uh, political things were changing. They had to. They were due for another big, big, you know, Sleeping Beauty level hit. I do think this is. I. I know in my personal world, I know I feel like this is one of Disney's most like hyped up and most poorly assembled films. It was really hyped up. There was a bunch of advertising. It was supposed to be like the next big fucking deal. And it's- it was, I guess. 
And it's one um, of the few Disney movies that has had a theatrical sequel release with better animation. I was going to say, I liked Frozen 2 better than Frozen. I did, too. I liked the underlying story in Frozen 2. I thought it was smart. And I felt like that they were trying to go back to the Snow Queen roots that they skipped. And I was nice to see the growth of the characters, like especially that part when Elsa's going through all of her memories and you can see her singing Let It Go in the background and she like cringes and like gets rid of the memory. Like, <laughs> Yeah, that is fun when she's like, oh, yikes. Yeah. <laughs> Even she knew. That's yep. Disney secretly being like, yeah, we know. We're sorry. Our bad. Anyway, yeah. here we are getting off topic again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we have gone a direction. <laughs> so the, the first one has, has weak writing because, well, everything that we just said, but the movie does still have fun moments because next you see Anna finally meeting Kristoff and ending up at that fantastic little store in the snow. Oh my god, the trading post. It's so Pick some good. Of house, <laughs> and everything comes with a free sauna with his family. Not a sauna alone. No. Sauna right. with his family, which means there are pre-sweaty people inside that sauna. I just if like you're not good enough for his, his own family, who are you good enough for? <laughs> Oh, that's great. Anyway, <laughs> so yes, Anna has um, Elsa took off because her powers were revealed, and she shot off to the mountains because she knew she just needed to run because that's what her parents told her was that she was going to say the Frankenstein monster, and she needed to get out of there. But you're bad, and now everyone knows it, and they're yeah. afraid of you. See, it's all true. Run away. And the looks on the on the faces, and and the guy. Does say witchcraft, and of course, in the time frame it set, that could have been like a burnable offense. Wesselton, you mean? Wesselton. Yeah, <laughs> Weasel Town. <laughs> it's Wesselton. <laughs> I, I do have to say, I'm going to go completely off off track again for a minute because um, cute bit of trivia, and I said this yesterday when we were watching the movie. Um the the Wesselton is played by Alan Tudyk. Alan Tudyk also plays the weasel in Zootopia. And in Oh, Frozen, that's clever. Well, no, it gets better because in Frozen, they call him Weaseltown and he is constantly changing it to, no, it's Wesselton. Well, in Frozen, Nick calls the weasel Wesselton and he's like, no, it's Weaselton. So they do the, that's a whole continued bit. Uh-huh. That's hilarious. Super, I didn't yep. know it either. Yeah. Um, yeah. Moments of clever writing. That's funny. At least it was probably the best writing you will have seen that came from Frozen. <laughs> it's in there. It's just in weird ways. I mean, of course, everything leads up to Elsa running, running away, and finally, kind of half cursing herself out for for having it all go and losing her temper. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera, and she finally has the "fuck it, I don't care" moment, and she starts to instead of blocking herself like she has for years, she starts to live a little and relax. She starts to flex a little bit, and she starts yeah. to like, do her thing. And that's where you get the song "Let It Go." Oh, 
which I and have you get to say. sexy Elsa. Yeah, she <laughs> like not sexualized, which is kind of weird and cool. Like she's got hotter for sure, but she's there's nothing low cut. There's nothing short. I think they're trying to show that she's comfortable in her own body for the first time in forever. I looked at it as this is this is Disney's version of making Elsa the villain here. Like this is villain Elsa when she like builds the castle and redoes her hair and her outfit and does the the swagger walk. Like that's that's supposed to be villain Elsa. She does get a swagger walk. I got like it was supposed to be her trying to become an adult. Like she's still very yeah. clearly she still doesn't have a handle on her shit and what happens in people who are not all the way grown up try to be all the way grown up well they apparently in her case you make a big beautiful house but that's not usually how that works <laughs> that's not normal it's not normal that's a lie don't listen to it okay i'm fine it's fine moving on um so if you take the song out of context and you just play it the like i keep saying it, it the song is a is a very very um motivating song it's a very yeah. it, it's it's a song that it's going to resonate with a whole variety of people who've been you know they're, they're either trampled on by fear or by you know, genuinely trying to it was written to be relatable time. very much so yes and you could relate it there's like 30 or 40 different things i can think of off the top of my head that it relates to uh, you know, so having something like that, it's a very freeing song. And I think that's why the popularity of that song took off. I don't think it was took off because of necessarily the film. Although you do feel. No, I think it was like Disney has a formula and when they want to do shit, they do it well. And this is one of those things that was, you know, they're the same way they advertised it. And we got clips of that song and it got really hyped up and Know, unlike any Disney story you've seen before. And so and then that song came out. It was very passionate and relatable. And so everyone just kind of clung to it. It's It was done, I feel like it was done very pointedly, but unfortunately it was done so well that I can't deny it. And I know every word and sometimes cry. It's an, it's an empowering song. It really is. An it's a beautiful song. song. It is a beautiful yeah, song. It really it's it's what they hoped Jasmine's song would have been the Latin, and then they failed. Um, uh, the real <gasps> Latin. Let, let's let's let let me clarify. As <laughs> <laughs> a statement, oh dear, yeah, the new one was um, questionable. Anyway, yeah. Uh, so you know the the song itself. Um, I'm 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 looking up something right now to see who actually wrote it. I thought that it was, was writ written by Howard Ashman, but. It, I, it is not. I do have it in my notes, I think. Yeah, it's it's written uh, by Kristen Anderson Lopez and Robert Lopez. There we go. So they're, they are a couple. They're, well, clearly, obviously, they're married. They wrote a ton of <laughs> these songs together. That's what I was getting. They wrote a ton of them. And I was like, oh, okay. A very oh, that's super intentional. <laughs> well, I usually like to think of you know the Howard Ashman and Alan Menken songs are as being the real heart of Disney, uh, like because they they're just fantastic. And I had assumed because of how empowering the song was, it came from one of them. 
So I guess. Oh, I'm sure they were like, listen to these songs now, write that. Because again, Disney has a formula. Right. But have you seen the Howard Ashman movie yet? Have you watched that? No. Oh, okay. So that's on Disney Plus for anybody out there that wants to actually view it. Um, you, You go through and Disney had the formula that they had for the movie. Howard Ashman's the one that took that formula and made his own music for it. Okay. Oh, okay. So, so Disney does have a formula, but they don't, they're not in every second of film creation. They usually just turn it over to someone and be like, let's see what happens and go with it. Which, you know, kind of goes back to that really disturbing Michael Eisner quote that I dislike about, you know, sometimes they make, sometimes movies are art and, but they're really only there to make money. Um, which is, my heart. I don't know if you haven't seen that quote. That quote really upsets me every time because he said it just before he started releasing every Disney animated direct-to-video sequel. And he really was doing it just to make money. Just to make money. Yeah, that makes sense. Because then he told everybody about it. Damn. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, it was a quote. Uh, a direct quote. Um, At least he wasn't trying to be, like, shady about it. Well, I mean. It's true. You got exactly what you got. In that case, so I'm looking up that quote right now because everybody should hear that quote. (laughs) While you look that up, okay, you found it. Yeah, I do. We have no obligation to make art. We have no obligation to make a statement. To make money is our only objective. Um, that's the that's the short version of it. There's a longer version. Ah, here it is. Will let me into it. Yes. Sorry, guys. No, this, this is how we roll. Don't worry. I just walked this away. This is what we here do. We, go. we have no obligation to make art. We have no obligation to make history. We have no obligation to make a statement. But to make money, it is often important to make history, to make art, or to make some significant statement. We must always make entertaining movies. And if we make entertaining movies, at times, we will reliably make history, art, a statement, or all three. Huh. Which so the idea just... being that if you're motivated by money, then you will then buy cool. Also, well, create the, art. The most the most frightening thing is is that 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 very statement was adopted by Bob Eager, who, you know, he recently stepped down to his protege and that's all that Disney has become is a way of making money. If they make art and it's great for people, that's just a bonus. In reality, they're looking for ways to increase their financial pocketbook. Which can be seen with all of the real live action films that they've done lately that are just repeats of things that they did 20 years ago. Right. But no different than what Michael Eisner, as much as I do like Michael Eisner. He saved the Disney company um, back when they were going broke in the early 80s. Michael Eisner is what brought them back from the edge. Um, he he started the sequels weren't necessarily a bad idea, but he threw them to television animation and the animation quality went down and at, at some point they stopped really even caring how the storylines worked and if it if it made sense. And they just 
whipped them out. They could do two or three sequels at a time because the TV division was dying in us in the Australian TV division. So they just cycled most of their sequels through there until the very end where they went through Japan. So the ones that come to mind are the Aladdin sequels. The Aladdin sequels were um, the Return of Jafar is the very first one that came to a direct to video release. I remember being super excited. Yeah, I, I just too. it was a huge letdown. I had just gotten television for the first time, and um, I I got a hold of the videotape. I wasn't as let down by it. I noticed the animation quality was down, but I was on that super high that they were finally making a sequel and blah, blah, blah. And I was 15. So you had bought in by that point. So you were okay with it. And it was the first time that it was tried. And I kept thinking, where can they go from here? Cause you know, you start off in a place and you expect it to get better. I didn't expect them to take like, you know, the movie idiocracy where you, you know, where it shows humanity (laughs) starting to get better and then reducing itself. That fucking movie. (laughs) The movie's genius. I I love it too. Um, It's super upsetting to watch now. Like it was funnier 15 years ago. Now it's just kind of scary. It is scary. So when you take that to Disney, you had a really good idea and something that hadn't been tried before, and you expected them to get better. And they followed up with Lady and the Tramp, too, which actually was very cute and based on some old golden books. So that was enjoyable. And then they hit The Little Mermaid, too. And that was when it was <laughs> noticeable that they oh, kind of threw everything Mermaid, out the window. And they no longer cared. And from that point, like they were popping them out, like, you know, popcorn. It was, you know, you had Pocahontas 2 and Mulan 2, and. Which I find fun and charming. I love Mulan 2. It's adorable. I actually do. I love the girls, and they all find their, their guys. And like, I thought that one was cute. I mean, Pocahontas 2 tried to fix history. Pocahontas 2 makes me physically uncomfortable to think about now. Like, I don't really know what to do about that. Atlantis 2 might as well be Atlantis the series. Yeah. uh, (laughs) It's just super bad. And that was right at the end of the Michael Eisner reign because the the numbers were dropping and stockholders noticed it. And then he had a fight with Pixar where... Pixar and Disney actually separated for like six months worth of time. Disney virtually fired Pixar and they separated their, their company, but then they got rid of Michael Eisner and we thought that things would get back on track. And here we are with remake movies. (laughs) (laughs) And it's still happening. Right. Okay. So now I should probably go back to frozen because now I've had that rant. (laughs) Um, Thank you for going on that journey. Um, <laughs> so once you have uh, you have Anna approach Elsa in the castle, and of course Elsa's still trying to stay away from her because it's her, and then you have you know the Duke of Weaselton's men that Weaselton with the help of bombs <laughs> that take her virtually captive. Which once again, she's also still the crowned queen. That it's not like anything had been done like i don't i don't understand well, they, how... it's all it's all a very gaslit situation that hans yeah. kind of initiates because he accuses her of treason for killing anna before Anna's death. that's like way after this 
But at this right. point, like when Anna's in the palace to begin with and trying to approach, they talk for a minute and it's kind of okay. Um, and then Anna tries to walk up to her and it freaks Elsa right the fuck out because she has no ability to deal with right. any sort of emotion at all. Oh, um, and, and responds with fear and anger immediately to everything. <laughs> because that's what she's been trained to do. Yes. Because that's, that's what she's been parenting. trained to do. Yeah. Um, and so they have their little sing off about like, uh, you froze everything and should like maybe fix it if you can. <laughs> exactly. And she hits Anna again. And she has a tantrum. Yep. That's what she does. Uh, yeah, she does in a sense, but she's told Anna several like times now to, to leave her alone. Like, I'm pretty sure, like, Anna basically brought that on herself, to be honest. She just kind of, like, pushed her. I, well, and I would argue, yes, but that this is something that only Elsa can fix. And, like, yeah. theoretically, people are dying in town right now. But she doesn't, I, I don't think it completely, the, the, I don't think the reaction to her actions has really fallen on into her into her brain. I don't think she realizes everything that has happened. <laughs> no, there is a piece of dialogue where she like doesn't even know that she's done that. She thought she like removed herself from the situation, built herself a house on the mountain, and now she gets to be away from everyone and they get to be safe and now it's all fine. And then when she realized, like, even when she does realize that her reactions had that, um, you know, her actions had that reaction. If I said that right. <laughs> yeah. And that seems to be what really upsets her is that, like, because she's still fucking shit up. Because yeah. She's already taking on all the world's problems on her shoulders as being her fault. And this is, she just got to the point where she said she didn't care and she was away from the problems. And lo and behold, she hasn't learned the lesson that you can't run away from your problems. So she just yeah, learned Anna it. is also not good at talking though. I do believe with, I do agree with you, Keller. Like Anna is not good at being like, Hey, so let's talk about this. How are you feeling? Why are you scared? She's just kind of like, you need to come fix this. It's fine. We're together. All is well. She fixes it with let's be happy. And but but she's also naive work. and you want to smack her half the time. I mean, this is coming from a girl that agreed to get married in two hours. The only thing she wants to do, she just wants to build a snowman with her sister. Oh, yeah, we haven't even talked about that stupid snowman because it's not an important part of the story. <laughs> he randomly shows He's up. He's there to be cute and dumb. That's and his to, job. And to yeah. fill up time. Like, the song where he's, you know, wants to be in the sun, and you kind of think, huh, this is amusing, etc. But what it's really doing is it's filling up a good 15 minutes of time to make a week story longer <laughs> and it's amusing but it's amusing one time like if you hear that song more than once in a year oh face it, it ignites Josh anger Gad. inside me <laughs> Josh Gad is just terrible anyway I do have to say though that all of all of us that watched that movie are Kristoff in that scene because he's like I'm gonna tell him I'm gonna tell him that oh, he's don't gonna you help. dare yeah like no, when he looks right down at the bottle that's the best part yeah. He's like, but a snowman is in summer. Summer. Be a puddle. Happy snowman. I mean, sadly, I saw Josh (laughs) Gad years ago in this series called 1600 Pen. And it was a 
the only thing that was really bad about the show was him. And he oh, no. <laughs> and I have not like I can't ever get that out of my mind. And then this you have ruined him forever for you. And then you take the movie Pixels, which I also absolutely hated beyond all belief. Oh, that movie was hard to watch. Um, I had trouble watching it. I mean I felt I felt that it made me more stupid. I'm pretty that's sure how felt- <laughs> that's how I felt about all a whole bunch of other movies we've watched recently. Right. Well, uh, are you referring to Idiocracy again? Yes, I am. <laughs> That's such a good movie. That movie was great. It's like Zoolander's two hours of my life I will never get back. The movie was so awesome. <laughs> Unfortunately, you are. <laughs> the rest of us all liked it. <laughs> I'm sorry. The rest of you are falling into the idiocracy of idiocracy. <laughs> I was just going to say, I'm definitely the hooker who keeps swiping her card. Oh, your children are hungry. <laughs> I'm just. She kidding. was pretty smart though. She kept having the guy come back with the promise of of a payout later, and he kept paying her money every day. It worked. I would have used that. It would be like, oh, absolutely. <laughs> going kind of going back to Frozen, but not. If you want to see your hatred of Josh Gad, and we've talked about this before, go watch Little Monsters 2019. But I hate Josh Gad. Oh, no. He's a horrible asshole. Amazing. It's a zombie movie, and we all know I am about zombie Zombie but it's a fun zombie. Yeah, no, I love zombie podcasts. Is covering it. I'm so excited. That's amazing. I don't like zombie movies. I was forced into seeing it, and I was immediately happy. I was. It took yep. me all of six minutes to be to be happy. I was at that film. Yep. <laughs> 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 Moral of the story, we all hate Olaf and he brings nothing to the movie. He really doesn't. He really does. Oh, you're incorrect. He brought he brought shorts and sequels. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they've had three Disney TV shorts. That they built him in the beginning uh, of the movie and then he's kind of like a staple throughout of it. See, he, they only built him when they were kids and he wasn't alive. He just right. suddenly shows up. Right, and they never explain how he gets there. Well, I think it's... So, I, I'm i going to argue... Spoiler alert, everyone. It's going to happen. I think it kind of alludes to it in the second movie where, like, water has memory or whatever. When she's walking through the woods, he just kind of uh, appears unbeknownst to her. It's just kind of manifests. That's yeah. Oh, wait, maybe she does build him. No, I don't think she does. I think she's just kind of exercising. It just appears. <laughs> and so you get Olaf because she's still a child in her brain. Right. She gives she gives him the carrot nose, but other than that, he just appears. So yeah, it could be the water has memory thing because especially with Elsa and her using her powers like to their full extent now, her powers, which are connected to snow and water, would have the memory of Olaf being built when he was little. 
or when they were little. I think it might be just some very loose kind of poorly done foreshadowing or alluding to the next idea in the film, which is the water has memory concept. They just said, fuck it, we're building a snowman and we're reading way too far into it. That's true. We might be giving them a lot of credit. Fuck you, Disney. Now, I do will say I liked her giant snow monster with the snowballs at the camp. It was Marshmallow and Polar Bear. He was very much he like the Polar so Bear nice. from, the se- from the second version of the Snow Queen that we watched. Mm-hmm. I love Marshmallows. So that was very, very fun. <laughs> yeah, he was great. He didn't deserve to fall off the bridge because of Hans, that bastard. No, he didn't. And I think it was really important for if you were... It doesn't, I would say, paying close attention, but it's very in your face. that he's, it's, he's clearly not trying to hurt them. No. He just wants them to go the fuck away. That's his whole Gary. job. I think yeah. I would like to point out, despite the fact that Hans is a terrible person and completely out for himself, he was also the smartest person in that movie. He was a gaslighting narcissist. But also he was intelligent. intelligent. The others were not. Right down to no, the they weren't. There is a lot of like nice people are dumb oh. in this movie. Yeah, there is. <laughs> like very dumb. Like, that's the pulling lesson is like nice people are stupid. <laughs> that's terrible. That's okay. true. <laughs> so where's Christoph fall into this category then? He's not. I would say Kristoff almost falls in Snow Queen attitude, where he's like he's not necessarily mean or nice. He just kind of is. Has a sexual attraction to ice. That's true. That he does, he does <laughs> like ice. He overly loves his ice. <laughs> he had a heart on ice. Is life. <laughs> if Arnold Schwarzenegger ever needed a fan, that would be him. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Oh, I just started quiet laughing. That was funny. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm snarky. <laughs> no, it's not early in the morning. Although it's not early in the morning anymore. Not anymore. No. Almost lunchtime. It is almost lunchtime. So of course this finally gets Welcome down to, to Disney Lunch Hour. Wrapping up. <laughs> I mean, pretty basically, it Moving all on. wraps up the movie. And uh, have we gotten to the wrap up yet? Because I feel like we have. Because we <laughs> really much already talked about the poison trick and the and, and everything that kind of went down. Yeah. So Elsa freezes her, and then they're like, "Bring her home to her true love." Because for some reason, we still think that that guy is true love. And even Kristoff is like, "I don't know, maybe let's take her back." So they do. Hans turns out to be a first-rate dick. Yep. What? Super manipulative. Okay, hold on, hold on. I have to talk about this from a writing standpoint. As as a writer, okay. the first time I watched Frozen, and we have Hans, who's this like super helpful, really awesome guy, and then all of a sudden he turns around and he's the fucking bad guy. The first time I watched this movie, I was like, oh, 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 that's good. <laughs> that I that think- was good. They did really lean into the like nice guy is the bad guy factor because he is super squishy in the beginning and yeah, then becomes cold hearted. I would argue he even 
gave Anna his her horse very intentionally because she asks for her own but ends up with his. True. I think it's interesting. Oh, I didn't even notice that. He was that. playing 4D chess. Yeah, he is playing 4D chess. And he is yeah, the smartest character smart. in the film. Starts off squishy, then becomes cold-hearted. He gets so well, mean so fast. Well, his <laughs> original plan was to kill Elsa, and then he realized he couldn't get away with that. So right. He was going to stage an accident, like the Mafia. What the fuck? Oh, well, it's like, it should be a shame if you fell down them glass stairs. Here, let me push you. This is like showgirls, just throw some beads on the ground. Hold his men to kill Elsa as well. Yeah, because he's he's an idiot and he's like, it's witchcraft. It's sorcery. Yeah, and he also. <laughs> yeah, I love that. He after, says it's two shitty dudes. Yeah. After, and... after you have the scene where Elsa cries, etc., all of a sudden she has control of her powers as well. Well, yeah, which... because it's all about love. It's Disney magic. Yeah. This is Disney magic. Crying, hugging Anna and crying all of a sudden makes her not dead. Because I never talked to her heart was frozen. Well, and I thought it was interesting, like, I don't know how her understanding the full emotional spectrum, though that is an accomplishment, good for her. I'm not quite sure how that thought Anna after the spell was complete, because that was supposed to be kind of the deal breaker. Right. Usually like the Disney rule, you usually have like a timer, midnight, you know, whatever, my mom is going to get home. My kidnapping mom is going to get home at this time after bringing me this flower. Whatever. There's a timer, but she didn't have a timer. She froze all the way. And then. But well, I right guess before she, she froze, Hans is like, she killed her sister. She did freeze and she didn't freeze all the way because as she was freezing, her last act was an act of true love. And that's what breaks the curse. So for the first time in the movie, oh, I thought. So what? <laughs> what? I missed what, what, what I said. So for the first time in the movie, she didn't fuck up. Yes, she did one useful thing, and it was in death. Oh no! <laughs> oh dear! No wonder she's still useless in the second movie. Oh god! Actually, no, she's not useless. Olaf's still useless. Well, she, he a- takes initiative, <laughs> and poor Hans is just chasing those two chicks around for an hour and 40 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. He needs to uh, let it go. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna do it till it's dead. <laughs> oh, now you sound like Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> Yep. I'll never let go, Jack. Uh, okay. I can quote quote my youngest here for a minute. I, I came across Facebook memories a few weeks ago, and his quote when he was like three years old was, I'm going to kill it till it's dead. Ha! I remember that post. You remember that quote? Oh, my God. <laughs> he was like three at the time, and that's what he said. I'm going to kill it till it's dead. 
<laughs> Unless Best it's a cat, then you have to ever. kill it nine times. But he's still gonna kill it till it's dead. He's gonna he's- do it till it's dead, which means he, you know, that's dedication. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> <Talking> Riddick. <laughs> <laughs> Something else interesting came up this though. We were having a discussion yesterday. Was it yesterday that we did Frozen? Yes. 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 We were having this discussion how all the Pixar films don't seem to be based on books. They seem to be based on original stories by their authors. Oh uh, yeah, because we were coming. We were talking about Coco and how there's there's no bad when it comes to Coco. Nope. So it does appear that that could be why Pixar does so well is that they're actually original stories. Yeah. That's you know, that's a, that's a good point, though. Valid. I just watched Luca the other day, and it was a very oh. neutral, like, none of... I haven't seen it yet. Okay, well, then I won't. But it's it's very similar in the sense that, like, people have some weird behavior quirks, but there's not necessarily a villain. It was cute. Pointedly. Right. Maybe we should watch that this afternoon. I'm down. True. It's cute. Sunday fun day movie day. We should watch watch Luca. <laughs> watch Luca. It's cute film. Everyone else saw it's it. cute. My, my son actually made me watch it. He was like, we're watching Luca. And I was like, the fuck, huh? It's like this that's movie. Funny. Oh. I'm always I'm usually the one that's like, boys, we're gonna sit down and watch this movie. And they're like, God, what monster are you making us watch now, mom? <laughs> <laughs> what, yeah. what part of our child's psyche are you gonna destroy with some oh, terrible oh, malicious oh, cartoon? Oh, oh, oh you in that case, now I want to show them stuff. Like yeah. we could show them the Ewoks in the Battle for Endor. Or we could show them the nineteen seventy-six Jack and the Beanstalk anime. That's always fun. Oh gosh. <laughs> well, I'm excited for when we do the Nightmare Before Christmas. Nightmare Before Christmas is wonderful. It is the best movie. It is a good one. I thought we were trying to traumatize them. Oh no, they hate that movie because I, I it's my it's literally my favorite movie and they hate it because I can't be quiet when we watch it. I sing songs, I recite the lyrics. She knows every Same. single word in the entire movie. I do. I I'm can do that with The Little Mermaid. I haven't seen The oh Little Mermaid. Oh, God. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it was it was a favorite when I was a kid. I haven't <laughs> seen The Little Mermaid in such a long time. I don't know if there's any movie I can do that with. Cars. Finding Nemo. Finding Nemo. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I could can probably do it with, do it with Finding Nemo. And Cars. You remember those days. I like I think I still remember I was trying to decide if I remember enough of cars that I could still do it. But once it started playing, I bet it would come back. I haven't watched yeah. it for a long time, but it's because I watched it for two years. I can do it with bed knobs and brooms too. Yeah, I know. I we bed knobs focus and focus. Oh my god. <gasps> oh, I love hocus pocus too. I can yeah. fucking recite every line in that movie. That movie's been amazing. It's been so long. Oh my god! Come on, come on, come on, come on! Love it. <laughs> Did you not remember Bedknobs? Because I no, I forgotten about it. I used to watch it all the time when I was little. Yeah, Bedknobs is wonderful. We've kind of not been on track with Frozen because it's oh, movie. Yes. Well, it's so it's we a have bad gone movie. into like movie suggestions for other shows by right. this point. That's I my mean, quarter. 
I mean, at the end, Elsa gets unfrozen from from the tears, apparently. And Anna's act of love shatters Hans's sword because for some reason her freezing turns into superpowers vicariously through Elsa. And Elsa cries and discovers her whole emotional spectrum and the storm freezes. Then she's like, it's love. And And then the kingdom is suddenly okay with her doing quote unquote witchcraft. And And the broken ships are not sinking into oblivion for some strange reason. Which is why Frozen 2 is still a better love story than Twilight. Anything's a better love story than Twilight. Twilight Twilight is infuriating. Batman and Robin is a better love story than Twilight. I love the Tim Burton Batman and Robin. And I don't care what anyone says. Well, Tim Burton didn't do Batman and Robin. Joel Schumacher did. Tim Burton did Batman and Batman. He wasn't Returns. he didn't participate in that one? No. If he did, it was maybe he put money toward it. Hang on, I'll I'll get that answer in just a second. I feel like I well, I know so to be fair, I don't know, I can't name where I heard it, but man, I feel like I fucking heard that somewhere. And I remember thinking, fuck, that makes a lot of sense because you know, like they play hockey randomly. And I just imagine Tim Burton not knowing how to make doodly dudes doodly. <laughs> so he was like, hockey sticks and automatic guns. That's probably right. I mean, think about it. He normally does stuff with Johnny Depp. So how do you, when you're used to Johnny well, Depp. He's super artsy and he's super abstract normally. Well, he's not Batman's doodly dude. Okay, so he, he had nothing to do with Batman and Robin. And what they did no. is that because he made Batman and Batman Returns, when it came to oh, the third one, Penguin. Yeah. When yeah. they came to that third Batman movie, he was supposed to, and Warner decided that they wanted something that was a little less dark, a little more cartoony, and something that they could make toys from. And that's where the and they did. Correct. So Batman and Robin and Batman Forever are definitely, definitely a very different feel. And the bat suit's different because we used to like to joke that Joel Schumacher gave Batman nipples. Yeah. Because in his bat suit. Oh my God, that's the funniest shit. Did you also notice that his mouth was half hanging open the whole time? Why the fuck? Seriously. I thought that was weird. But Tim Burton's Batman, I absolutely love. Uh huh. I have it in many editions. That movie scared me when I was a young child. Me too. Yeah. That was a terrifying movie. Here's a movie for you. Have you ever seen Watcher in the Woods? No. Okay. It sounds Uh, like a predator. It's a Disney film, actually, with um, Betty Davis. So it's about a pedophile. No, it's about... Sorry, that was inappropriate. Carry on. It's a a ghost story. (laughs) Oh, that's not the same at all. (laughs) Not at all. (laughs) It's it's a ghost story. It's one of Betty Davis's last films. But there are oh. scenes in that movie that are kind of chilling. I highly oh. recommend it. Are and they it, chilling because it's a ghost story? No, no, no. <laughs> and you have you have scenes where some somebody is watching them in the woods, like a predator, like, and you have that camera angle that follows them, and you get that real sense of kind of dread. And uh, maybe it's because I grew up in a woods wooded area. But I had a hard time walking in the woods for years because huh. of that film. Nice. Apparently, oh, no. Melissa Joan Hart, um, the she she was apparently attached to the film 
uh, I mean, uh, um, emotionally. And as soon as she could and the rights became available, she bought the rights and she remade the movie with Angelica Houston a couple years ago. And really, truthfully, that movie, that remake is not good. It's oh. it's it's oh. very bad. Angelica um, <laughs> Houston, I got excited. I I was super super excited about the film. If you go back in my old Facebook post, you'll see all the way up to the night of it coming. I was promoting it like crazy, and then um, and then I saw it. And the problem is, is I showed a friend of mine the original one just before the new one started, so we went right from watching the original to the new one. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like trying to watch oh. *Gone with the Wind* and following it up by *Scarlet* with no time in between, and you just can't go from Vivian Lee to Joanne Walmy Kilmer. It doesn't work. Yeah. Um. It's kind of that effect. That new Watcher in the Woods was was not good. It was an attempt, but not good. Um, but watch the original. It's it's pretty wonderful. I'll have to. Um, the only movie I can say that it reminds me of the most that I've seen is The Conjuring. Oh, okay. The Conjuring. Yeah. Watch that movie. We've it's a great ride. So I, you probably would like Watcher in the Woods, but it's back during that time frame. I mentioned earlier where Disney almost went bankrupt and they had to, they almost had to sell and they were struggling. Oh, so to do budget was probably not the same caliber that I wouldn't say Disney. it's necessarily the budget that they were trying. They had stayed so long in the Walt state of mind that they didn't try new things. They kept everything cookie cutter and they, I think it was probably Michael Eisner because he started right about them that said, start trying different things. And they came up with a couple of, of Disney horror films, if you will. Something Wicked This Way Comes, The Black Hole, and Watcher in the Woods and Return to Oz. All all are in that time frame. Oh, Return to Oz scared the crap out of me when I was little. That is absolutely my favorite Oz movie of ever. It goes identically with the books, but you are right, it's a little scary. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, those uh, uh, Disney also had The Black Cauldron in that time frame, too. Oh, that one's good, though. Oh, so good. Well, I read all the book of, and watched the movie. It's so, so good. So all the movies I just mentioned are some of my favorites. Mm-hmm. I have them all. <laughs> the Black. But, welcome I, to our favorites corner, where we discuss movies that we would have rather watched besides the one we watched. Like the Frozen. Black Cauldron. <laughs> I've, mentioned, I've mentioned it before, but the Black Cauldron is the first time I can remember coming across the word bobble, and I yep. just I love the word bobble because of that book. It was also Bottles. done in the style of Sleeping Beauty, and that was yeah. done deliberately. And it's the only Disney animated film in the classic series that is rated PG. And it's also one that oh. does not feature songs. No, it doesn't. You're right. Huh. And it's based on Shit. book number two of a series of six books. <laughs> right. Which is also random. And what, what, oh God, what was his name? Like the, 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 the skull king, the, the helm king, the, the, the something. Horn king. Horn yeah. king. I read this book in sixth grade, so you're trying to pull memories from 25 years ago. God, to be honest, the fact that you're pulling them at all is impressive. (laughs) I'm good with that. Can't remember. (laughs) That wasn't meant negatively. I'm I'm good with trying to pull old memories. That's the whole purpose of my collection. Yeah. I I enjoy things in public. down memory lane and being like, oh, you remember this and you remember this and you remember this. <laughs> so do we do we want to like seriously attempt to wrap this up? 
Because I don't know about you guys, but I'm hungry. Yeah. I am too. <laughs> the thing really hasn't talked about. Do you know why you hate oh, the yeah. movie Frozen yet? You figured out why it lies your disdain, young one. Other than the fact that just like what we've talked about, that it was just a whore. And I've never really liked movies like that. Never liked. I wouldn't see so much if it's romance. It's not romance. Or not, but. It's I like, hope not. I hope not either, because that's a lot of incest involved. But, like, just, they've bored me. Movies like that. I mean, I loved Coco. So like, you don't like Frozen because it's boring? Yes. It is boring. And there's, and it's just, it leaves out a lot of things that it shouldn't have. Like plot and character development? Yes. <laughs> but at least he's starting to try to come up with reasons. It's better than yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> They do suck, but I'm trying to like think you're about it more. Starting to be analytical, and you're trying to analyze things, and that's good. I've also hated the movie for a while because of how many times I was forced into watching it. Yeah, we used to watch it quite a lot. Well, yeah. and that was kind of the thing I was getting, I was and getting at when I was saying before is I don't think the like the uh, taking on of this movie was earned. Like I think the population kind of accepted it because Disney did a very pointed thing. But if you would have, if we wouldn't have gotten like the hype behind it, I think a lot of people would have looked at this and been like, "Were you bored?" Yeah. It was. It, it was definitely not. It, it did a lot of disservice to the original story. Like, like I, yeah. I've always felt that a story should be something that when you watch the movie, you go back and read the book because you enjoyed the movie so much that the book is. Well, and if you're going to draw inspiration, at least complete your new world, like, yeah, have set rules and set world building and, you know, make the stakes really specific and then follow through on those stakes, which didn't, I would argue like the twists were fun. The follow through though. It was fun to watch the end when they're all running to each other on the ice. And it's very, you know, cutting back and forth between characters. It was also very like, I don't know. It was an. It seemed like an easy response. Yeah. Let's all have the meat on the ice and kind of confront each other, and then it all kind of wraps up real quick. It does. It it moves very quickly once they get back into Arendelle. Which I mean, Anna does punch Hans though, and I'll give her that. That. I love she, that. that that's, that's, him. She rails him. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> and it's like her best mo moment in the movie, I would argue, is she like hauls off and just decks him in the face, and it's pretty great. And that's when Kristoff realizes he likes her and not Ice. And I'm super happy that she actually <laughs> replaced Kristoff's sleigh. Like, yeah. That's, that's oh, and Kristoff gets happened. his new sleigh. Yep, and he becomes the official ice guy of Arendelle, which is kind of cool, too. The ice seller and maker yep. of no, Arendelle. She literally made a job for him, which is great. Yep. Thank yeah, no, she, she does definitely, like, she she does good by him and her promise earlier in the movie to replace the sleigh, which is nice. She does. And I do appreciate that, like, Elsa opens the gates and we're not to keep isolating people. Like, of course, that was where we were going at the end. Learn how to open yourself up. But like, I do appreciate, I did feel a little bit like, I was like, Otta's going to need so much therapy. She had no one for 15, 18 years. 
And then all of a sudden access to people. And the first dude she met straight up tried to murder her and her sister. She's going to need some therapy for a minute. Yeah. Think, yeah. Maybe. Def yeah. Got some trauma. <laughs> I don't maybe know. go to school. I really feel like, like, although like we I saw the sequel, none of that happened. I would, I, but oh. they, they do skip five years, and see, that's where I was going with this. Like, I know Cat is is the next one up for pick and movie, but I really feel like we should continue and do Frozen Two next time. Want to continue started. just into Frozen Two? Yeah, like our next podcast should be Frozen Two, like because they're so different, and Frozen Two is such a better movie. <laughs> First one is boring. I kind of like the second one. Yeah, I kind of, I like the I second. I feel like the second one had intent behind it. Like they actually they took time to build. They had to actually write. They a story. built a world, right, and yeah. they built situations, and they built conflict, and then solved that conflict. Like in a Build way that makes sense. To every 90s boy band music video on the planet, and I absolutely love it. That was fun. It that was 80s fun montage video was hysterical. Yeah. That was good. I don't remember seeing it. So, you don't remember Frozen 2? I don't Little remember Fire seeing it. We've seen it like five times. I do Fire um, Lizard. I, mean, I, I don't, don't know. Worry, I do have it. You'll be able to see it. It's okay. The moment you watch it, you'll be like, oh, yeah. Because things sequels are like that. It's fine. I mean, cat, you cat, you decide what you want to do with your movie. But I just feel like we should continue on. Like, let's do it. Let's get it done and over with. Well, and let, to be perfectly honest, I was I was mulling over my movies, and I have my next pick. But I I want to. I haven't decided between two, and I either way, I want to give full attention to it when it's my turn because I. Your next do my timeline so, and whatnot, but I yes. think we should do Frozen this time, and I'll and I'll do my pick pick next round because I almost picked Pocahontas and then got real uncomfortable and scared and reneged immediately. Yep. Well, so I think that. we'll do Frozen two next week because <laughs> okay. why not? Well, ne not next week, but the week after. What? what oh, week yeah, week after the not the seventh. The 14th. Numbers? I'm oh. looking at the calendar, the 14th. Okay, 14th. Is the next or 15th, day. whatever that Sunday oh, is. Fuck it. Sorry. Two weeks well, from I now. Just... The day just flew happened. right in my face. Oh, it's the 8th. I lied. Oh, my <laughs> well, dang, I'm, um, I'm an English major, not a calendar major. Leave me alone. That's not how that works. It is how it not works. Not a calendar major! <laughs> I'm going to read a calendar. Like, I have a it. degree in dates. That's amazing. <laughs> degree in dates. I have a degree in English. I word real Ooh. good. <laughs> my brain, my thinky parts work good. Yeah, I use my thinky parts you today. Know. I don't want it. Put it back. Don't take that out. Of you. Don't not, do not. Do not bend. You bend that. I will break you. <laughs> I have my. Not I bend you. I have my degree sitting behind my laptop or my desktop right now because I haven't been able to get a frame for it. And he just like pretended to bend it and break him. Thane won't be over for lunch today. <laughs> Did we lose Richard? Oh, I'm here. Yeah, okay, you're here. You're just quiet. I'm here. Oh, and they all lived happily ever after, except not Elsa, as we'll learn in the second movie. She'd be yes. best. Okay. 
Then you got Olaf doing Fully his ever after. He's like pivot. Pivoting. He's figure skating with no skates on. Oh yeah, they do. Yeah, they figure yeah. skate and it's they get spring winter, which is I mean just Vermont. Yeah. 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 So they live in <laughs> got it. Fun facts with Richard? No, a little off topic, but um, to let you know that if you go to the Today Show site, the Today.com, they've been doing an entire week of, of movie sequels that people forgot, and you may enjoy some of them. Oh, I'll have to look. I was super happy because they started with The Parent Trap 3 and 4, but, you know, <laughs> they are doing others, others as well. Do we have three and four? How does that? Where was there to go? Um, uh, um, didn't that conclude? Oh, okay. So, so, so the Parent Trap with Haley Mills spawned a sequel in 1985, starring Haley Mills. Only this time, she's an adult, and the children do it to her. And the sequel did so well. Back to Michael Eisner's thought of money. That they said, ooh, let's do a number three. So number two deals with Sharon, and number three deals with Susan. And then number four is their Hawaiian honeymoon, and it's Susan again. And Barry Boswick's added to the cast. And the Creel sisters, um, which you may know from Saved by the Bell as well, they're triplets. Um, Liana, Monica, and... He needs someone to... I don't know if he just like doesn't have a partner or a trusted friend, but he needs someone to know when to sit him down and be like, look, I, I know you have the money to do this, but I no. know you want to do this, but please don't, please don't. Cause it seems hey, like just no is doing that. I would also like to point out that the parent trap four is my favorite one out of all of them. Yeah, of oh my God. How did that happen? Okay. It was so good. <laughs> Amazing. But oh but God. they used to put more money into their TV movies than they do now. And the Wonderful World of Disney used to be on Sunday nights in, in a much better format than they do now. So it didn't have that stage soap opera look that a lot of the TV movies have these days. Mm. It actually looked like an actual film. <laughs> Is that our fun fact for Richard with Richard today? Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> There's also a Splash and Splash 2. So if you didn't know that there was a sequel to Splash, you should watch that too. I did not know there was. Of course. Oh, you know what I'm going to have to do, though? This just made me think of it. A completely off topic, but it's not because it involves the Discord. I'm going to make a text channel that's Fun Facts with Richard. So Richard can just randomly pop in there and write us Fun Facts. Yes. And we need to have a day where we play Disney trivia. That's not on like a podcast Ooh. day. Yes. Also, the other thing I have, I maybe I'll bring it with me today. I have a trivia that's a hundred percent Nightmare Before Christmas. That's amazing. Oh uh, damn. Oh yeah. <laughs> we should do that. We should play both of the Disney trivia games today. Oh god. That would be fun. <laughs> that would be fun. I've been dying to play it for a while now. Yeah. Nightmare Before Christmas one I'll play. Oh, Thane will play the Nightmare Before Christmas one. Come on, oh, Thane. Shit. You should play both. Let me increase your Disney knowledge. It'll be okay. All right, fine. Let me learn you. Let me learn you. I'll play, okay? Okay. We got to wrap this up, though, because I seriously like need to go eat. I haven't eaten since 7 o'clock this morning. I haven't eaten at all.
And Thane hasn't eaten today. Yeah. So I haven't eaten today yet either. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and we all need to go eat. And you need to go to sleep, cat. I hope you're going to eat something frozen for this. Uh, ah. <laughs> Actually, I might. There's chicken in the freezer. Yes. yes. <laughs> Although, don't forget, we're having a lot of food tonight. We were going to have chicken and brisket. You should smell the brisket right now. It's amazing. I, oh. I'm i kind of jealous that you're in the house with the brisket. <laughs> no, I, no, no, you should panic because right now I looked out the window and Josh has left to go get last minute things from the grocery store. So I'm left in the house with the brisket alone when I'm hungry. Is it unsupervised and unfed. <laughs> it should still be in the smoker. It is. But I know how to open a smoker. Leave it in the smoker. <laughs> yeah, what, what you don't okay. know is the other day we went shopping and we found these two really nice pieces of brisket and we got a hold of richard and josh and we're like so sunday we're we're using the smoker because we have brisket and so we brought them over yesterday and josh got up or yeah midnight right around midnight yeah or did he just stay up either way nope. josh started he cooking started the meat midnight. at midnight last night and has been cooking it. Oh my god! All in day. sixteen hours. Yeah, <laughs> that's going to be magical. I can't uh-huh. wait. It'll be more magical than Frozen. Ah, uh, <laughs> it'll have a better plot t- plot line too. <laughs> it really was like it'll I know have a beginning, middle, and end. I yeah. know that I tore it apart, and I know that you know it's nothing like the book, and I still have my grudges, but. Like, yeah, it, it really is bad. It really it is. is. I'm sorry it's, for all those people that love it. It's got its good points, and, you know, occasionally it's nice to sit down and watch it, but... I mean, if you want to hum or have something going on in the background that you don't have to put any thought into. Yeah. I will I will say this as a final thought. I, I can give it credit as a first genuine jab at removing the relationship as the only love story that is allowed. Yes. Yes. That, that's actually one of the yeah. things I said yesterday too. It's it, in that aspect. Frozen is a really good story because it focuses. That's how we got on the Coco thing. Actually, it focuses on family love and not romantic love. But I would also like. Yeah. To and I appreciate the, that. That the fairy tale itself, the snow queen is not romantic. No, it's not. It's not. So they kept they kept that feel correct. Yeah, that's true. Well, okay, let me revise. This is Disney's first genuine jab at not being like, go find a prince, and also if you're a homeless poor man, go find a princess. You know, goes both ways. It's fine. Also, your parents should be dead. Parents are yeah. still dead, but like yeah, we work on that later. That's it, my it final seems thought. That, that people do better do better with dead parents. I don't know why. And they're all upset over the Little Mermaid being 16, but honestly, um, Anna isn't gotta be that much older than that. No, because if Elsa's 18, you gotta figure there's a minimum of a year, probably two between them, so she can't be any more 17 at the oldest. She's probably 15 or 16. Right. But it does pull back, though. I think she acts like an appropriate love-struck emotionally immature 16 year old wanting to marry the first thing that gives her attention for a little bit. And then it like pulls back from that. Even Kristoff looks at her and is like, I'm sorry, you wanted to do what? Yeah. Yeah. Um, No, I like it's all offended. 
Well, because when you're 16, you think you know what you're talking about. And excuse you, I know I'm in love. I'm going to get married. Yeah, and even he's like, you let know you need no. therapy. Yeah, I <laughs> Those little stone guys also were encouraging. Encouraging. They tried man. to marry them without they asking did. anyone. She <laughs> doesn't have a ring like... is one of the lines. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that was questionable. We did kind of skip over Don't that. Don't see no we? ring. Oh, dear. <laughs> we did. <laughs> trolls were the best part. Well, they're in Frozen 2, so we can come back to trolls. The truth. I love We've come getting... full circle. Yes, but I do love to go quick, quick note on the trolls, then we'll go. Um, how their entire song is basically we know that Kristoff is a fuck up and ugly, but he's a good guy. Like, <laughs> Wait, he's a genuinely good person, and we know you're dumb and you think you want to marry this guy, but give it a minute. Right. Well, I did take it to the very <laughs> Adams family where they are, is it Munsters? Which one had Marilyn? Munsters. Munsters. Where they all thought Marilyn was ugly because they, she didn't look like them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the way I always It's very that. that. Yeah. Yeah, he's ugly because he's human, not because he's ugly. And well, they actually have no concept of what an ugly human looks like. They just think humans look weird. Yeah. Yes. To be fair. That's very fair. And weird looking. (laughs) We did it. Okay. Yes. We did it. Yes. And if you're listening to this, you go eat too because food is important. And we drink water, cry. Yes. Cry that you're not getting sad. <laughs> that you're not getting brisket and you lost an hour and a half of your life to this again. So you're welcome. <laughs> we try. Uh, uh, we'll be back in a couple weeks. Bye. Bye. <laughs>